Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, as well as Relentless, who has the spiciest takes, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Oh no, dude! It's just me and you. Oh, seriously? You think we're gonna get wabbits? Oh no! Yeah, I no. thought so. He's an all-star. Uh, that's not a problem. Yo, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're just gonna start. Uh, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the man who's been mentioned on the podcast several times before. We have Cruncher. What's up, Cruncher, dude? It is me. I'm here at no popular. Um, <laughs> with no popular demand. <laughs> no, nobody asked me to be here. I basically demanded it, and um. I was asked I, to be on, so I'm here. I think I think like at least like five times you said like why haven't I been on the show, and like I don't I don't think I ever actually reached out to you to be on the show after them. So like I, I feel like your your kind of like hab is every couple months you just be like, hey, why haven't I been on the show yet? Yeah, I'll just I'll just <laughs> go into the Discord and I'll say in all caps, why am I not on the show? And I remember you did actually ask me a couple times, and I said no, no, I don't want to be on. And here you are. It took it took two years. It's a hard man to find, but Cruncho is finally on. Yep. Uh, okay, we were talking about a couple of things beforehand. Do you want to just tell the story of uh, of uh, you're saying that I was starting a Rocket League podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was my first year at Brock University, and um, we we got uh, University esports jerseys, and I had to go pick it up. And when I first met. Um, when I first met you, you said, I'm starting a Rocket League podcast. And I said, no way. I wonder if it's going to do good. I had absolutely zero faith in you, by the way, because I know <laughs> I knew that you were just starting the game. And I'm like, man, this guy's not going to know anything. And here we are. Like, here it we has are. grown so much. 20 patrons. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's actually crazy. I, I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think you'd get up that that big, honestly. And even when you said like when you uh, showed your numbers, I was really surprised, honestly. But like, I actually list like honestly, I didn't really listen to the podcast before this, but I've actually listened to a couple of episodes earlier today, and mm-hmm. I actually enjoy it. I didn't think I, I mean, would, but it's almost like we got kind of good after two years, you know? <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, I actually enjoyed it. Like, I don't even listen to podcasts either. I, I think I, that's a big thing. We've talked about this before on the show, but uh, I think the Rocket League audience in general doesn't like listen to podcasts. Like yeah. I, it's totally like a you know twenty five maybe not twenty five but I think the audience for podcasts is usually older like thirty years old yeah uh, and that's not the demographic for the people that play the game all right so for people who don't know because I feel like I didn't give you enough introduction so Cruncho <laughs> do I deserve Cruncho, an introduction <laughs> I mean this is for the people uh, who are like why are they talking as if I should know who Cruncho is okay um, but maybe if you've watched a danger, dangerous taco stream maybe you know who Cruncho is. Um, I, I, he's, he's pretty funny. Cause I, I, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but there's one day, like he was trying to get, I literally randomly tuned into the stream and they're like, yo, I'm trying to get scrims with Cruncho going and it's not working. And I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what he said. So I don't know what your relationship with dangerous, uh, is it danger taco or dangerous? Taco? It's, it's the danger taco, the yeah. danger taco. I don't know what that is. You can definitely explain it to me, but before you do, let me introduce who you are. So for those of who you who have followed the podcast from the very beginning, um, 
I used to be in charge of a university esports club called Brock Esports. And, uh, you know, I think we've told the story of how, like, Jer contacted me. And that's how a Rocket League team was formed in it. Um, but yeah, I, I would, hold on, hold on. I do not agree with that story, by the way. Okay, okay. I, okay. I, <laughs> I joined the Brock Esports server and I saw an empty Rocket League channel. I'm pretty sure I sent the first ever message in that channel. I think Jer is actually lying about that. And he's so taking Jer, all the credit for starting the program. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think you are correct in saying that you might have been the first one who ran the channel. And okay, let me put it this way. Jer was the first one to post something on Brock University on the uh on the Reddit, on the Brock University Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I saw your message uh and I saw like one one or two people was interested, but I was kind of like curious whether there was more. So I posted a message on the Brock University Reddit, but it turned out that like a week before Jer had already posted something about getting some players. Regardless, um, <laughs> if you're a fan of, I guess, mechanically mediocre, this is the, the, I mean, apart, apart from Voltsy, this is the uh, the unknown third member, the uh, the shadow member that we've mentioned before of the Brock Esports team, uh, Cruncho, who I will say has, unlike the rest of the players on that team, has continued on their in the Rocket League journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Combo and Jer, like they're still really good, but they just don't play as much. Well, Sorry, I'm I'm so curious, like. If mechanically I'm better than them now, you know what I mean? Oh my god, <laughs> man! We should set up a, a show match. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Uh, e- even if it's I don't, like I don't know if Combo would, but I think Jer would be down to do it. Jer show would match. totally be down. Here's the thing, though: if it's one v one, I think he still wrecks me. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, oh, even Vol- uh, even Volts, man. I, I think we had a fifteen and O show match before. I think I could do better now. I feel like 100%. you know. Hundred percent. Um, okay, we were gonna talk about yes. How do you know the danger taco? Let's let's talk about. Oh that yeah, the danger bit. taco. So um, I actually ran into him in a ranked game, and I decided to tune into a stream and I played back the stream just to see what he said about me because I knew I didn't play well, and he did not like me. So <laughs> <laughs> I I hopped into his stream. I said, "Hey man, it's Cruncho," and he acted all nice. And I said, I didn't. <laughs> I said, I don't. I didn't really appreciate what you said about me. And he's like, he just immediately started apologizing. And then I subscribed <laughs> to him, and a friendship was born. Um, yeah, it and started I, with I, a hate, but hate can turn into love, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually bloomed into a really nice friendship because me and him actually talk quite a bit. And I, I didn't know this, but he's super involved in the uh, the CRL community. Um, he's ran already ran a couple tournaments. Um. And, you know, when you're talking about uh, getting a scrim with Cruncho, uh, it's because Brock's A-team is like, it's like a, a phantom. It's there, but it's not there. We have a team, but we never show up anywhere. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because I, I think I've left. Like, you know what I mean? There, there's a part of me that, like, likes to check in on Brock Esports from time to time. But, but there's another part of me that's like, nah, I was the best when I was in charge. You know, and I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not well, going to worry too much what happens after. <laughs> well, it, it really sucks. I set up a, a, a to have a really good team next season, and I needed this one kid from my city to commit to Brock, and he he did not commit. So I think my CRL career is over. All my hopes and dreams are done. I mean, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves because I think you're you're still probably at the height of your grind. I, I believe from what I've seen. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. you're like yeah you're, uh, it's more uh, about like supporting uh teammates honestly at this point because i know i know so many players who have qualified for crl it's just about getting lucky and having the right players go to your school at this point uh, i see i see well what about like are you still kind of pushing that bubble scene a little bit yeah um let's talk about that what's what's your highest rank in the last like you know season or two uh not counting season 14 i finished last season at i believe 1960 which is like middle tier ssl okay okay uh and this season i'm already projected to go higher than that um i remember before i didn't really care about ranked but now i really care about ranked because i don't want to let people down i decided to say this is the worst thing about being a high ranked player is when you play late at night and you already know you're not playing well, but you're still playing ranked, <laughs> you have the fear of running into Forky, okay? And you're playing in front of, like, 2,500 people, and you have to... I'll have their stream on in the background sometimes, I'll just happen to get in their games, and they'll just say, this cruncher guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it, it is so demotivating, by the way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. I will say, though, I, I think as well, I think recently you've been playing with an, an, a team, You've had a team. Is that is that the case? Um, or is my, are my informants wrong about this? Because I know I know you played in some tournaments. Uh, you, you've yeah. been uh, promoting some of them. I, yeah. Even, so they, I, yeah, I, I've been on a couple teams. Um, I just recently quit my one team. Uh, so like the three guys that I was with, they were all friends, and I was kind of sort of like the sub that played sometimes, but I never really had a shot at the starting role. Mm-hmm. So you know they're all friends. They're not going to cut each other. Um, so I ended up just leaving that. And then I tried out for Team Meteor, which would have actually had me on contract, which would have been huge. Uh, mm. Just lost out on that fourth spot, which really sucked. Um, and now um, I'm looking to create a team, you know, mm. which is a little bit tough. Uh, starting a team is always tough because you have to find people that you want to be friends with. And mm. a lot of people in the RL community are quite toxic. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I was gonna say you, you you plan on getting volts in here. <laughs> oh no, volts! I love you, man. I don't think I could play with you though. Uh, no, I, I keep making fun of him. I don't think he listens to the show anymore. So I I feel like I made fun of him a lot when he still actually listens to the show, and now that he doesn't listen, I should have now used the opportunity to make fun of him. I, I, just I, have, a, I have a whole folder dedicated to if, if volts ever starts acting up against me, I, I have a whole folder dedicated to dirt on him about <laughs> things he said in the past. So. What a guy! Well, better what watch out. He's one of those guys where, like, if he made it pro, like, you'd just be like, "Oh, this is gonna end poorly." You know what I mean? Yeah. He's gonna lose a con. He's gonna get a six-figure contract and then, in a month, lose it because <laughs> of some. Yeah, he's gonna be like Scrub Killer. That dude really fell off. Well, here's the thing. Oh, we could talk about this actually. This is by far the most free-flowing Rocket League podcast we've done in the wild, but that's yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I think we've already hit twenty subjects, but that you know what? You know what? That's it's fine. fine. Scrub Killer. What happened to him, dude? What do you think? Man, that he was very popular from like what wasn't like the age of 12. He was already fairly big. And I think growing up with that much popularity builds an ego, right? And nothing could really tear him down. And when he won the world championship, that was like his peak. And then everything started to crumble down when he got cut. And... His ego, I felt, was really torn. And I don't think he's a team player, like, at all. Mm. Um, and that doesn't work on a team. Um, who was it? Was it Flakes? The same thing happened with him. His teammates did not like him. 
I think. Yeah, it's I think like it's that. totally possible. Yeah, Flakes has that to him. Uh, like, your teammates need to be your friends. You're gonna have. You're gonna. You have to want to play with them outside of scrims, right? Mm. It's kind of like I play hockey, and I know for a team to do well, you have to want to go out with the guys after the game and hang out with them, right? They got. They have to be your friends. If you have that one guy who's just a little bit of an egotistical douchebag, if I could say that, um, it doesn't work. It does not work. Mm-hmm. So no, 100%, 100%. I feel like, uh, yeah, there's no denying his skill, but in some ways, like when he was on a team with Fairy Peak and uh, and K Dob, these are people who are a little older and probably just dealt with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and then and then when he was not on their team, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the world champ. I'm gonna I'm gonna order everyone what to do. Like, I'm gonna tell everyone." That's kind of what I feel like happened. It's like well, I'm gonna um, be the top dog, but he's yeah. So so the reason that they that they uh, they said that they cut him was because they didn't like the language barrier because they were both French. Um, but that actually that's wasn't a very the case. diplomatic reason. <laughs> yeah, but it actually wasn't the case. It was like slightly the case, but he was skipping and showing up like extremely late to scrims and uh team events like coaching Mm. so like just totally not a team player um and yeah i think now he fell off the face of the earth like he played on guild for a bit and now he's gone and guild won so he he played for guild i think got cut and then he's playing for continuum is it i would double check it but keep talking about him he i know he got benched and I think he's going to get cut off that squad, too. Because, again, showing up a little late to scrims. Which, again, you just can't do at that level. You're a professional. You should act like a professional. So, I mean, I feel a little bit bad for him. But, I mean, he's a product of his, his environment growing up, in my opinion. Yeah, no. I think, well, it's it's kind of like that the child star syndrome. Maybe to a way lesser extent. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, he is currently, I believe, on Team Singularity. That's what it was, Singularity. Yeah, he got with, benched with Breezy Hibbs and Rezzy. Um, and they have not really performed. Their best result was okay. No, they did. They did get in winter on the grid. They got some results. And the EU major, they got seventh and eighth. But he's the he's the sub for them. Like, yeah. I mean, I, you go from world champion to sub on a you know very low tier RLCS team. It's a bit. I of wonder a if switch switch channels doing like he's making money off that. I guess there was a moment where he kind of fully switched over to content creation. Yeah. Um, I think he's someone who who will do well from like a Twitch stream perspective, but I'm less confident about YouTube videos from him. Honestly, I used to see his streams in my recommended, and I don't even see them there anymore. So I have no idea how his Twitch stream is doing. Um, okay, so he has 319k followers on Twitch, but I don't know the last time he streamed. Yeah. Uh, Poor guy. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know what's <laughs> up with him. Well, here's the thing. It's like... This is one of those things. He's probably one of the unique players where if it's time to move on now after making all that money and you know i guess grow up a little bit he's one of those people because here's the difference all right there's a lot of people they'll hit a big in rocket league and then they kind of have to make rocket league their career which is totally great totally fine especially people who've kind of already lived a little bit they're a little uh, more grown up mm-hmm. um but he's in a weird position where like if he's right now kind of you know playing as a sub 
and everything like he could probably just you know focus on school <laughs> is that a weird yeah. thing to say you know what um, i mean it's like no it's not but at the same time he's really young mm-hmm. and there's so much time for him to bounce back like i haven't yeah, lost yeah, like true. complete faith in him i think he's still that world championship caliber player it's just i think he has to grow up a little bit and mature honestly no i agree i think i think there's something okay so well this can this can kind of span into a next topic here um which is i feel like there's a lot of people especially in video game esports kind of competitors who didn't play team sports growing up um and you can usually there are still some people that play team sports and are still you know bad teammates and and toxic and you don't want to hang out with them but most people who've at least been in those team sport environments I feel like can manage some of those kind of like teammate dynamics a little better mm. um, than somebody who like, let's just say just played video games. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, maybe rocket league is a little different, but definitely I'll tell you from my experience, at least with overwatch, I can guarantee you that a lot of those people did not play team sports growing up. Yeah. Uh, and it showed when you tried to get this like six V six team. So I wonder if there's a little bit of that in some of these people. Uh, Honestly, well. I feel like, I feel like there's two types of players uh, in Rocket mm-hmm. League. The people who came from Call of Duty lobbies to oh, Rocket yes. League. Okay, yes. And the people who came from real sports to Rocket League. Um, mm. And you can totally tell the people who came, I'm just going to call them Call of Duty lobby people because they do not care. They don't care how they, they are perceived by other people. And um, they just have these really big egos where nothing's their fault. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I, I play hockey. I've been playing hockey ever since I was four years old. I'm 21 now, and I still play competitively. Uh, And I'm the assistant captain for my team, so I have to be a leader. And I know that even if another guy messes up, I'm not going to beat the dead horse. There's no point in that. I think that's how the saying goes, right? Yeah, to your point, I think anyone at that level, like at a competitive level in anything, it's like, you can get mad at them for maybe like a split second, right? Yeah. And then you're like, no, he knows more than anyone that they that he made a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not like he doesn't know he made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, like, like you're gonna like berate him as if as if that's gonna make him play better, right? No, this is uh that that that's actually what made me want to quit CRL with Volts. I love you, Volts. Um, is that? <laughs> Jer or I would mess up and we knew we messed up and he would have like these comments on the side saying like don't do that and it's like dude we know not to do that I whiffed a ball on an open net <laughs> like yeah, you know I what I mean purposely, I purposefully you know just like turned my monitor off you know before I was going to hit that empty net shot I just I don't know what came over I, I hit my uh, controller into my forehead it was my yeah. fault you know? <laughs> <laughs> I planned on missing the net <laughs> yeah but like, you know, mistakes happen. And even in, in ranked games, I don't really get mad at my teammates for mechanical mistakes that often uh, because I know that they're not messing up on purpose, right? Like and they're always like, trying their best. You know what? It, I get the emotion. Like we all know we'll experience emotion. Like someone messes up, you're like, oh, that sucks, right? Yeah. And, and you, you can get mad at them as well. Um, I think though, if you're on these teams, right? Like this, this is why for me, for instance, it's Wabbits, right? I think when Wabbits and I have played, we could have, we can go on like a 10 game losing streak or a 10 game winning streak. But even on that losing streak, like we don't really get mad at each other. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's, 
you know, the, the tough thing is you still need to be able to maybe after the game, especially if your your purpose is to be a team that get, improves. Maybe that's why having a coach is really nice because then the coach will tell you, right? He'll be the person that's kind of like, okay, here's the stuff that you did wrong or here's the stuff we have to do better. There's no arguing with the coach because he's mm-hmm. like the unbiased factor in the argument, right? Yeah, that's why I think like a team of three friends can work. But you have to have someone else that's kind of looking over your shoulder and like calling out things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I'm always wary about if you have two, three, th- sorry, three really close friends is that people um, have a hard time. Uh, if there is something wrong or they, they feel like there's something to talk about, if you're closer friends, sometimes it's really hard to do, right? Like you have to be... Um, you have to be a very mature and and kind of calm, I guess, calm and stressful situations type person to go up to a friend like after a game and be like, or maybe not even after the game. You can maybe like wait a little bit, you know, especially if like the, the, the emotions of that game are gone. All right. Maybe it was like a big game to qualify or something. and didn't work out to go then the next week and be like, OK, listen, like this is the stuff I think that wasn't working. Right. That's a difficult thing to do, but it's kind of like a, a skill in itself when it comes yeah. to, to, to teams. I also think you have to. In, in teams you have to play off players cert, like certain personalities and um mm. i'm gonna give a huge shout out to combo here uh when he was coaching for example me and jer with jer he didn't have to say anything good about jer and he could just say negative things about jer about his gameplay and jer would take it like an absolute champ um for me he would say one or two good things about what i did and then one or two bad things to even it out um mm. I think and that's because like, Combo's such a good coach because he knows yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Combo knows the game and he also knows people and what gets through to them, right? Everybody's different. And like, again, talking to your teammates after a game, don't just go in there and start saying negative stuff, right? Say it's never going to work. Like, Be positive. <laughs> no, like, like, let's just say you had a bat, you guys lost like a two nothing or three nothing game, right? And yeah. then there's like a minute before the next game and someone goes in there and just says negative stuff. It's like, well, whatever was wrong in that first game, it's not going to be the reason that you guys lose the next game. It's going to be because everyone's angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always have um, to, like, what's history is what be- what's behind you, right? Like, even on losing streaks in Ranked, I just always forget about the last game pretty quickly because I'm not going to change that outcome. And I think that's a lot of that's a mentality that a lot of Rocket League players have to change and actively work on. Mm. Do you feel like streaks are very much a thing, though, in Rocket League? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Because like like literally depending on the day, like, for instance, today was one of those days. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I I just there was a point I was like, OK, I'm just going to play like half an hour. OK, I was going to play a couple of ranked games. Right. And like by game four or five where I had won on the games, I'm like, I'll, I'll keep going because I know this streak is going to keep me going for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about losing streaks? Do you ever feel like. Here's the thing. Is it is it worth fighting through losing streaks? Because <laughs> there is a part of me that it, when I fight through losing streaks like I, and I keep losing, right, that it actually ruins my next two weeks of practice. <laughs> yeah. Um, losing streaks are tough. I think the longest losing streak I've ever been on was 11 games. And I remember that day very clearly because I was losing, but I was actually still having fun and I thought I was playing well, surprisingly. Mm. Were you playing well, though? Because I always I don't think I too. was, but mentally I felt fast. I knew I wasn't making the right decisions, though, but I felt fast. And I was having fun and I was actually smiling while in pain. So, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um. 
Okay, this is something that I'm I've been intrigued by, right? Um, so we talked a little bit about combos, uh, coaching. Okay, mm-hmm. but his actual level of play, I'm curious what you think <laughs> about it, dude. I love combo. Um, I actually played with combo. I think a couple weeks ago now, and yeah. he has still got it. Okay, mm. there is no doubt. Um. Wasn't it way back in the day he used to be really good at ones? Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think so. And the guy still got so. it, man. He's like, if I could use like a sports term, who's like a really old hockey? Zidane Chara. You know Zidane Chara? Hey. How old yeah, is yeah. he? Like 100 years old and he still got it? That's combo. Absolutely like incredible. A, yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, he, this is what I always wondered. Like, I always felt like... I know why he made the decision that he made. But I feel like if Combo had really been all in on like trying to hit that bubble seam or becoming a pro player, he could have probably gotten a lot closer than he did. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think I think he gave up a little. Well, it's not that he gave up too early. I think Well, he made a maybe I think that maybe actually I, I think I do think that I think he was in a position where I because Okay, to be fair, I had conversations with him where he was saying like, oh, I just like, you know, like two years in or whatever. I just felt like, oh, there's all these younger players and it's like so like demoralizing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was especially like very early on. I think he was in a position that if he, that was his intention, I don't think he ever really wanted to be a pro player. Um, maybe that's a feeling or maybe he was just being very reasonable, like very like responsible and getting a job and everything. Uh, so, um, but yeah, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Um, I guess I can kind of compare combo situation to my situation because yeah. I'm 21 and I'm sort of pushing that bubble scene right now, but life is coming at me pretty quickly mm. in terms of I finished school in a year and a half. I have a job lined up. Do I want to try to push or do I just want to focus on school and maybe streaming? which honestly, at this point, it's probably streaming. I might try to go a little bit more competitively, but I mean, I'm a little too late, I feel, personally. Um, And so I would argue, I mean, maybe it's this, and maybe this is me with with my, I guess, what, five years on you here? Four years, maybe four years on you. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you should even if you're not committed to like making this a full-time thing or whatever, at least make sure that you, you have, you don't close the, the door to it too early. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, like, no, I, I, I would still, still practice as if, as if, you know, like, you know, maybe you just have like the hour a day or two hours, like maybe you have significantly less time, especially when things pick up. I would do my best to make sure I could have at least, put in the work um, and at least kept it open for like, let's just say the next year so that, you know, if the opportunity arose and if I actually got to play in tournaments and competitions, um, I wouldn't like look back and think like, Oh, could I have done that? Right. That's my mentality. At least whatever you decide is fine. Uh, See for me, I'm kind of at the point where um, if I really wanted to start getting into the scene, I would have to start grinding six mans, uh, getting involved Mm, in the Twitterverse. Yeah, I can't. I can't say this. Twitterverse. Um, <laughs> yeah, every 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 Rocket League player at my level has a Twitter, and it ends in RL. Um, but 
it's more i don't think i want to put in that much effort like of course i want to keep improving at the game but in order to become known in the community and actually get on teams you have to really be active in the sense of six mans um and again twitter twitter is actually huge and uh looking for teams and stuff and i don't even have a twitter so i don't really think i want to put in that much effort honestly because i'm just not that interested i don't want to be around that community because i know it's just a lot of toxicity mm, that's another fair point yeah yeah I, I, twitter's a mess by itself but um <laughs> outside of rl um yeah no that's definitely interesting because like in most i guess like when you try to go uh pro or semi-pro in sports there's kind of already a system in place to get you there does that make yeah. sense like yeah. you don't need a twitter if you're a soccer player right like if you're or sorry like, i'm gonna use soccer because that's what i'm familiar with right if you're a soccer player, you may just have to go to a specific, like, you essentially Google, okay, there are some, like, scouting, uh, like, two-week or three-week scouting camps over the summer in th- in this country or this country, and, and you just go fly there and you try out, and there's a chance you can make it on teams like that. Or or you, you go to whatever local team is associated with some pro team, and you have a chance of being scouted there, right? just by the nature of being there of of playing for that team Mm -hmm. um and so you don't need to like advertise yourself well i mean i I guess you got to make those opportunities and go to those places uh, and training camps and like get in contact with coaches but in general if you you are a significantly better player one of the top players in a club that's affiliated with a a thing you don't really have to worry about that but in in pro rock league it kind of just feels like who do you know (laughs) you know like yeah it's it's a lot of connections what Um, what if someone's like top like a hundred SSL in all three ranks. You know what um, I mean? And they can't get a team. Like, you- <laughs> yeah, honestly, it happens. It. I have a friend who's been top 103s for the past two seasons, but he's not at that level. Ranked like means almost nothing. Wait, like, you're si- that's wild to me. Yeah. Like, if honestly. he's actually looking for a team, you know what I mean? If he's looking, if he's for, a looking team, for a team. Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to find a rank B team, which is. You know, it's not rank A, it's not rank X, it's not rank S. Top 100 means almost nothing, in my opinion, and a lot of players' opinions as well. So it's more about the the literally the Discord and the six man servers, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's it. Okay. Like for if me, wanna, I if could, you want to make it in the bubble scene, at least start there. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Anybody wanting to like trying to trying to grind into that scene, go to six mans, straight to six mans, start talking to people, make a team. Uh, that's where everyone starts. Um, like for me even myself if i really grinded six mans like i only solo queue ranked i don't even play with a team but if i actually played with a team every single day i could probably get into the top 100 and stay there that's how like unimportant it is right yeah you're meshing with the pros but the pros aren't really trying and ranked right that's so. true like your you, your actual skill will be when you're on a team against other pro teams right like that's fair um yeah. but yeah, it's so interesting to think about, right? Because there's a part of me that feels though that like there is a certain barrier you should probably cross before you take maybe I don't know if take the game seriously or where you like you you have to start worrying about six mans. Yeah. Like you might be able to improve slightly faster if you like go to six mans or whatever, if you're like platinum. But another part of me is like, nah, maybe get the ranked first. <laughs> Grind out yeah. the ranked first. <laughs> so this is just like another another topic. Like I've had Ever since I hit SSL, I've had a lot of people in different servers ask me, how did I get to SSL? First off, I took that as an insult at first because (laughs) I said, really, you think I'm that bad? 
And then they said, no, no, no. How did you get to SSL? And I said, man, just stop thinking. Fly around the map. Um, and I was just thinking about training and how many plats practice flip resets and these and these redirects. And back when I was around their skill level, like we had pro aerial training that psionics gave you and you just fly <laughs> at the ball. There was no redirect training pack. You couldn't redirect a ball to yourself in free play. Um, and it, it was all about like time played in game. So I, when we talk about like improving in Rocket League, it's just about going into free play and hitting the ball. That's what players have to worry about. And then around GC1, that's when you start looking for a team, in my opinion. And that's when you get into six mans. You think GC1? Yeah, okay, I think, I think GC1. I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that GC1, in mind. champ three. Uh, I guess, to be fair, with the new rank distribution for this season. No, <laughs> um, no. Nah, nah, I, I, I've, uh, I've heard the first time I hit C3 in twos. So I was, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like I'm playing something. What, what did I do the other day? I did um, a ceiling double, ta- uh, double touch call. And I'm like, <laughs> I've peaked. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And it's crazy because I, I woke up the next day and the it was really weird. Okay. So I went into like, I was just warming up for, for, for some games. This is today. This is all, this is the past two days, actually. I'm telling the story of this that happened a month ago, but it's actually the last two days. So, so like yesterday, I think I score that goal. I think I score a goal by passing it to myself off the ceiling. And then, I, and then I'd make like a pass off a of pass of myself to the ceiling, passed it, and then they scored. So, so I'm like, okay, that's crazy that this happens twice because I've never, here's the thing. I think I've only maybe ever even like practiced or not maybe done that by accident, like once or twice. It's not like a thing I practice, right? Yeah. But then I get into free play and I'm just hitting the ball around. And then I'm, I'm, uh, pra- uh, I've been practicing like left and right air roll, right? That's like a thing I've been practicing air, uh, just air dribbling and doing that. So I'm just air dribbling casually. And then I just do that. Like, like my mind's completely shut off. And then I do that thing that I had happened to do the other past two days, but I haven't done for like the past year. So we say, you know, is that, is that weird? Like, it's a thing that I've never thought about. My, my brain was literally kind of like, oh, you did that thing yesterday. Do it now in free play when you're just hitting the ball around. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit, honestly. I'm not going to lie with you, Chief. Is, is that weird? The thing you practice, you end up implementing in games. Like, it's when um, you're not. Yeah, no. Like, what flicks for me. Dude, flicks for me. When when I, like, spend a day or two doing flicks, all of a sudden in-game, I'm actually doing flicks, right? <laughs> But if I don't practice flicks, then I just never do a flick in a game. And I'm talking like basic, like, you know what I mean? Basic yeah. flicks. Yeah. No, like I, don't, I don't practice. <laughs> I don't even know what practice is. We talking about practice. No, you're just hitting the ball. That's what you do. Yeah, that's actually what I do in free play. I just bang the ball around the map. <laughs> and objectively, good. I don't think that's the wrong wrong approach. So Actually, it was. It is. I, <laughs> let me take back what I said. I'm pretty sure that so, is the wrong approach. It's okay. Okay, it's... I think for it's a good lot up of, until Diamond One. Um, yeah, in Diamond One, you have to be able to bang the ball at least towards the net. Yeah, <laughs> that's what <yeah>. changes. <laughs> you can't just hit the ball. You hit the ball towards that. No, um, I will say that there is something to the fact, though, that if people aren't used to reacting at faster speed, right, or moving at faster speed, or challenging with a faster speed, um, then I feel like when you rank up you become really afraid. So I think what that kind of mentality that you've used, what it's helped you with 
and you've you made a joke about like never hitting a ceiling but i think what it's helped you with is when the ability and the prediction of the players ramped up so the the the, the ball was being hit a lot harder a lot faster people were predicting a lot more it meant that you at the very least weren't afraid to keep up with that pace right you didn't just become like this really passive player that sits in the back of the net and then ranks back down because that, that, i think that's what happens to a lot of people when they start ranking up is they they either feel like they have to go really fast but don't know how to do it um or they've always played really passively and then there's a game where it's like no you can't play passively because you're giving this you know gc1 or, or gc3 player the ability to do whatever they want because you didn't challenge you know you know what um, i never actually thought of it that way but i actually completely agree with you so one thing i recommend to all players plat to champ three is to go into a 3v3 league join that league and play in it i think that is one of the number one ways of getting better because you play with a team and you use comms and um mind you calm games are a lot different from ranked games Mm. so i can agree from the one season i played in like uh, rsc (laughs) yeah so you you know rsc i i started in one of the lowest leagues in rsc known as minor and i had about i think it was five tiers of leagues to grind all the way to the top and i think that banging the ball around in free play and always going fast i moved up those tiers like like hot butter in a pan I absolutely slithered my way through and I got to the top fairly quickly, but I didn't feel like my skill had really improved that much. It was just, I played better because the players around me were better. Right? Like if I try to go play in a GC one game, I can't play in those games. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I can't, I'm sorry. I cannot. Nobody hits the ball. Everybody's hitting the ball with their purse a bunch of cupcakes on net like i'm supposed to read that okay but if you put me in like a high ssl game where everyone's banging and nobody ever misses that's where i thrive not in gc1 i i think there's something to that i actually think um i i think you'd be surprised the amount of like gc1 or gc2 players that maybe they can't be a pro on that pro team but they can definitely probably play in the high ssl lobbies and not feel too out of place yeah i would completely agree with that statement i think a lot of gc1 champ three players actually have the mechanics to play in an ssl lobby but their only flaw is their positioning and positioning is connected to um your speed of play how many balls do you go up for do you feel awkward right when a pro just makes it look easy like how many more balls could you hit if you were just positioned correctly? This is what I always tell to like people that I coach in, in in Champ Three, and they they think about their positioning completely different because of it. They it's because they're not actually that bad. It's just their positioning is that bad, but their mechanics are fine, right? And I think takeoff is another big thing that people don't talk about enough. It's yes. like it's like people people talk about area control, and that's great, but being able to read where the ball's going and turn your car like very slightly to match it so that when you take off, you can go full speed. <laughs> yeah. I, I think is a big thing that a lot of people miss. Yeah. I, one thing that I remember from like diamond playing in diamond and stuff is like, I always thought playing fast was this ability to just like stay at full speed as long as possible. Right. That was like a mm-hmm. thing you think. Right. And then you realize it's like, when you do that, there are certain, you're essentially saying, 
I'm already going full speed, so I'm not gonna make any adjustments, and I just have to happen to to like fly like crazy into the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Point then, the theory, but then, yes. But I think in diamond and like plat where people do this, what ends up happening? You see a lot of people miss like wildly, right? It's because they're trying to play faster, but they don't realize that like part of playing faster is slightly turning and then like double ju- double jump. Oh, sorry, um, what's it called? Fast aerialing to the ball. You know, yeah. like. Uh, or or being able to be already be on the wall and read where the play is going, right? Stuff like that, where it's yeah. not like you don't necessarily actually have to be supersonic, although there that's part of it, right? Uh, uh, I something well. I could sort of relate to that is that when I was first getting in higher SSL lobbies with more pros, mm-hmm. I was actually the fastest player in the lobby, and that's not a good thing. That just basically means that I was out of position a lot of the time, and I thought mm. I always had to be going supersonic to keep but, up but, with the play. But then you'd, yeah, you'd cause double commits because of that, right? Yeah, well, with like my you wouldn't team. give the players the space they needed to do stuff. Yeah, as well, I imagine. Oh, dude, that's like the hardest thing. By the way, when you play with like Justin on your team, and that dude's getting like triple flip resets, and you go out for the ball and take it away from him, and he quick chats you, you're like, dude, I'm never expecting you to ever do that. I've never seen a single <laughs> player do that, and you're just pulling it off like it's nothing. That's one of the most I impossible think you play things. Justin, to to. You just let him do his thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I learned to do actually. Like Forky, just leave him alone. Give him about like twenty feet of space so he doesn't get mad at you. I I think that's interesting too. I I think one thing that I okay, so we're kind of talking about like higher level lobbies, right? Um, the one thing that is a big switch that I think you start to realize as you get higher up. And maybe, maybe you know, maybe you with your your fastening the ball, you don't have to worry about this as much. But I think there's a lot of players in lower lobbies that are like, I need to be able to take on three players to score. Like that is, oh, no. it's a flakes mentality almost. <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, but, an, it's an issue. Um, they're like, oh, I need to be able to carry the whole thing, and it's such a revelation when you hit like. I'll say champ one because this this I don't see any passes before champ one. You know what I mean? Like I don't mm-hmm. see anyone even trying to pass. Right? At least champ one or like especially now I'm playing the like C two C three lobbies. It's like if you position in a way that kind of says like, "Hey, I'm here." A lot of people will actually end up passing it towards you, and it's like, "Oh wow, there's a different dimension to this game." That they have I a brain. <laughs> I literally have the ninety five percent of the population that plays the game doesn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> um. Another thing that I've also noticed is, is like literally just like if the ball is near you uh, and you're kind of in the rotation back, but you have the chance to kind of like redirect it. And it feels like the, in a lot of times it works out rather than not. You know what I mean? Like if you're on, yeah. if you're kind of going back and you're like, oh, this ball, I can do a quick cut and be able to move it along. Um, it makes it harder for the opponents to predict, right? Yeah. So. Uh, it's something at SSL that you just expect to happen. All the Everyone's time. kind of like, if anything's near you, just go for it, essentially. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, talking about passes, yeah. you're talking about, what did you say, champ one, where some passes started getting into play? I, thinking... I saw people intentionally trying to pass. Let me put right. it that way. There are at least, you can start seeing that there are some people that are like, oh, let me try to pass here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my Smurf is GC1, so I'm going to talk about yeah. GC1 a lot. There are still players in there who think they can beat three players by a ground air dribble, which will never happen. But they have, again, they have the mechanics to be an SSL GC3, but they're not there because they have no idea how to play threes. 
Um, they waste all their boost doing the the ground to air dribble. Yeah, like and then man, they'll be on the right side of the field. I'll be on the left side with full boost, and they just go up in the air and don't get past a single person, and they just wasted eighty boost doing nothing. I my own okay, maybe it's not really a counter, but I just want to make mention of this now that you're talking about it. There, there are sometimes that certain players will pull stuff off. Then like, okay, they're only doing that once in like a hundred times, uh, but the fact that they got it right means that it was the correct play mm-hmm. i this guy okay this the crazier part was that th- for the rest of the game this guy literally didn't do anything okay but at the very beginning of the game this guy got the opportunity from our own half to go ground to air dribble air dribbled the whole length of the field while spinning and then they did a flip reset to score a goal that's <laughs> okay? impressive and, and this is like a champ two lobby right let's just say mid champ two um and i'm like i just i just kind of stared right because I've seen people do flip resets. I've seen people do double taps. But I've never seen anyone have, first of all, enough time to air dribble from one side of the field to the other without getting challenged. <laughs> yeah. And then when he when he feel like he's about to lose it, find a flip reset. Um, and th- you're like, you kind of look at that player and you're like, so like, is this like, are most people, should, should most people, if they have this time, be able to score a goal off of it? Or should this guy be in a higher lobby? Or is this like literally one in a thousand times that this man actually pulls this off? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, put him in an SSL lobby and he will never, ever get that kind of time. The only players who get that kind of time are pros because they make that time for themselves. I can guarantee in that lobby, the rotations were terrible from the other team. Yeah. The the, the, guy, the fact the guy wasn't challenged even once. Yeah, that's, that's uh, questionable. Like that's, <laughs> that's one of the worst things about playing in high-level lobbies, just talking about challenges, is that yeah. there are no holes in the defense. Like, there are so few mistakes that you have to find holes in passing. Um, like, I can't even explain how goals happen in high-level lobbies. That's how weird it is. They just... <laughs> Seriously. It's like three minor mistakes that no one notices on the field. Yeah, they're like you know I mean? you don't the mistakes it? are so little. Yeah, but they're there. Nobody like mistouches a ball. Nobody outright misses a ball. I was playing GC one, and there are so <laughs> many misses and double commits that led to goals. I was like, yeah, I'm not used to this at all. Which is crazy because like GC one, like we're talking top two percent, I think, of the players. Yeah. Like top two percent, and there's still inconsistency, right? So. Yeah. If if you're gonna take away anything like below Grand Champ from this, is that uh, you don't have to go for you know the double demo play uh, and just completely be out of position uh, because you feel like your team can't score a goal. Uh, trust me, there's probably a lot more mistakes that you could capitalize on. <laughs> like I feel like a lot of people in these some of these lobbies are like there is. Oh, we need to force the play. We need to score the goal. You know. <laughs> Like we, yeah. need, we need to we need to do we need to triple commit on this next shot to make sure we score this goal. It's like nah, you're, all these people are bad. There'll be opportunities as long. Yeah, as you honestly, any yeah anybody below champ three or champ two, go watch your last replay and see <laughs> how many goals you could have scored off of their like awful. It's a good mistakes. shot. There's probably like definitely at least every game ten times. That if you paid attention and you did this a, a shot, like at least a, it doesn't even have to be super accurate, just just a powerful shot towards the net, you probably would have scored. No? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I actually tried throwing on my on my Smurf and I couldn't. <laughs> and no, I'm not even kidding. This is not a joke. I could not throw on my Smurf because there's so many mistakes. And I didn't want to make it obvious, so I just kept scoring open nets. 
Oh boy. Yeah, sorry, GC ones. I love you no, guys. I, I guess one thing I also want to mention. Uh, this is some of my games today, but I think one of the difficult things, like to give to give some credence to um to some of the players that are in those mid ranks trying to rank up, right? To give them a little bit of um, what's the word? Moral boost here, or, or yeah, or, what am I trying to say? Um, I don't know. The amount of different types of players that you are meeting game to game and your ability to adapt to continuously be adapting to essentially five completely different players every game um is a skill in and of itself right mm-hmm. uh unless unless you kind of go the full route where you're like so much above the level of the lobby that it doesn't matter who's in the lobby but i'm gonna be honest Unless you're one of these like GC players playing in 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 like a diamond game or a plat game, you're probably not good enough to solo carry the game, right? So instead, you're relying on the randomness of all these five players, and because there's such a large player base, right, that that goes even further. Um, I feel like as you go up in the ranks, people to 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 your point here, people are a little more consistent, so you're actually able to get a better grasp of predicting the game, as well as um, I think you don't have to worry about people playing in like as much of a different way than in those lower lobbies, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, talking about, about teammates. Um, I had a, I had a kid today in diamond. He asked me, how did you carry your teammates to get to your rank? And I said, I like 0.1 second response. I said, I didn't carry, I play around them. And that's Mm. so important for every rank is, yeah, if you try to carry, you're going to have your hot streaks and you're going to have your really cold streaks, right? Mm. But if you play around your teammates, you're going to be more steady. Um, and that's something that I noticed. As soon as I tried to stop carrying, I my rank stabilized and I actually started having more fun because I, didn't, I stopped going on these massive losing streaks. I stopped trying to do everything by myself and I played as a team. Even though it's solo queue, you're still a team right yeah and i i think that's why like players and in, in our community like allies and, and wabbits um <laughs> i mean wabbits has told me this point blank and i think he, he i think that's a very fair point he's like you actually know how to play the game very well for the rank that you're at um <laughs> but you like to have fun more <laughs> yeah uh and he was saying essentially like you try to make every game I try to involve myself too much in a lot of games, right? Um, and there's a certain sense, I guess, part of me that's like the reason I try to I, I rather what is it? This is also a conversation that happened probably half a year ago, but I think I was saying something to the effect <laughs> of of I rather uh lose by my own merits. Um you know, or you lose or win by my own merits than necessarily like lose or win based on someone else's point. Um, but that's a very dangerous mentality because the way the kind of flow of the game works is that there are games you have to just be kind of the third man or, you know what I mean? Or just, just yeah. play around, play around what the other people are doing for you to win. Cause if you try to make those games, the games that you're going to carry everything, well, guess what? Maybe your two teammates are going to carry you that game. Right. And mm-hmm. they just need someone to keep the ball in the offensive zone, keep the pressure up. Yeah. So, um, do the job that is required of you. And, Having that flexibility is what I think makes, you know, 
a lot of players one rank up but two make them more well-rounded make them not forced to just be one type of player yeah like personally myself i love being the first man i love just diving in there taking Mm. the 50 you know i'm pretty good at 50s i like popping the ball out mid um but if i have two teammates who are party together i'm playing third man i do not care they are in comms they can do what the hell they want i'm gonna be third man and that's something i actually had to teach myself over the past year is how to play third man because i used to be god awful at it but like you said it's a skill it's a skill that i think is extremely valuable in rocket league and it's going to allow you to win more games in at the end of the day so i so okay now that you've mentioned this it made me think of something um also by the way i have no way how i'm going to do topics for this episode i i i've, <laughs> I've just given up um but <laughs> just just put the uh, first part as rambling yeah just just the whole thing rambling um the I think this is obviously something that just popped in my head. So uh, bear with me here. But um, I think a lot of people kind of look at, you know, um, younger players and see like the amount of potential that they have is significantly more right Mm -hmm. Um, than older players. Um, But there is another part of me that feels like it depends what kind of person you are. Um, Because I think if there's a young player that is more of like kind of a thinker right yeah more of a trying to figure things out i actually think they might have a harder time when they're younger um because they're gonna try to like think of a million things of how to get better but then not actually uh but by the time they figure out how to understand the game better i don't know if they'll actually be improving at a rate they they would like to be i think people who are intuitive thinkers and younger players, they're probably the best kind of match of that, if that makes sense, right? Do you mean I've, like players who just go for it? Like, yeah, players who go for it. So, he, this is one thing that I like. For instance, we, when kind of speaking of RSC, right? Um, There's this one player, and he just looked like he was insane. He was just like crazy, you know, monkey for the ball and whatever. Yep. And yeah, he would pull off some crazy stuff sometimes, but overall as a team, it didn't make sense. Like we didn't win games with someone like that. Um, and even though like his rate of improvement may or may not be greater on a team, like trying to do comms with someone who's just like running around, um, but has no actual understanding of where they should be on the field yep. um, was actually more detrimental to that particular team. Right. So mm-hmm. even even if his particular mechanical set of skills was really good, it's like I don't care if you can beat all three players once, if because you're not rotating properly, we land in three goals, right? Like yeah. Um. So I think players. When I mean intuitively, I think when we see these prodigies that like really succeed uh, from when they're younger, um, I think their personal personality also has a bit to do with it, right? I think people who who can understand where they should be by feel as opposed to have to think about it will probably do better when they're younger. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So it's not to say that the other, I just think so. Cause maybe, maybe this is all coming back to, to some of the conversations I've had with Tom. Uh, do you know, Tom, the, 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 uh, what's his name? He did like Epic Ariel back in the day. And he did yes. I actually, you know, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he is an overthinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this particular game, apart from maybe watching replays, 
that style of thinking is not helpful. Does that make sense? No, I completely agree. Um, do you ever <laughs> like unless have... his mind, his mindset, the way he thinks, perfect if he's watching replays. If he's someone who just like sat down, and kept watching his replays, he can analyze it all all through all day. Great, but if he's thinking like that while he's playing, um, I down. think it's detrimental. Yeah, I yeah. think it slows you down. That was a uh, that was actually a big hump I had to get over. Was um, when Combo first started coaching me and the Brock squad, he started talking about certain rotations. So in game, I started thinking about rotations and where I should be instead of just letting it happen. And that completely slowed me down. It made me hesitate. And before I knew it, the ball was over my head and in the net. Uh, Rocket League is a game of like, it's it's so fast that you just can't think, right? Eventually, over time, it will come to you, but you can't overanalyze situations because it's the situation's already done right mm -hmm. so again rocket league is just such a fast game if you overanalyze, you're gonna be left behind and it has to come naturally and that's when you know when we go back to intuitive players they succeed more because they just improve faster they, they just go for it they don't really care right and mm -hmm. again over time it just happens to get better that's what happened with me right i i started this game you know late 2015 i didn't have any training packs i just started playing i didn't like watch over any replays it was just intuitively i just kind of figured it out over time players that come in now and, and and pay for a lot of coaching before actually playing the game suffer because you know you just got to go for it here's the here's the thing though right and here i guess is my biggest distinction in the argument right is i think there are some people that are m more prone to being intuitive and some people more prone to being thinkers right yeah to being strategists right um and i think the inherent and in, so for me one of the big things that i've kind of forced myself to do is to think less about the game i may not think less but think less while i'm playing the game right mm -hmm. i've kind of forced myself to do more and more of that um and i think specifically this game is more for those who are naturally intuitive right because i think this has something to do a little bit from from like a DNA personality perspective, right? I think some people are naturally going to overanalyze everything. And there's some people who are going to start just feeling, oh, this is the wrong place. I should be somewhere else, right? It's a feeling as opposed to like some, you know, they couldn't write it down for you, right? But they Honestly, start being in the right place over time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's like spatial awareness. Like I know a lot of hockey players play Rocket League and mm -hmm. they just kind of have a feeling of where they, they're spacing to the ball. So like, I understand what you're saying. And me talking about spacing to the ball is the mistake, you know, me being able to feel where that is. That's that's the skill. So sorry, yeah. that's that's that intuitive skill that I feel like a lot of players have. And it's not that I think coaching is necessarily detrimental. Um, no, no, it's not detrimental people, by any means. But I think um, you'll find that like when you see like players that like blow past you, shall we say, you're like, oh, they just start playing and they seem to do all the right things. Right. Um I think there is some intuitiveness that really helps them uh, with, with just kind of, yeah, the, the way they perceive the game is very different from an overanalyzer, right? Like, yeah. I honestly think if you're someone who overanalyzes everything, there's a lot of games that would suit you a lot better, right? Um, RTS games, 100%, okay? Even like a, a Hearthstone, for instance, okay? Mm -hmm. intuitive players in hearthstone not so much if you're an overanalyzer maybe card games are for you you know yeah. <laughs> like like i think i think there is something to to match your personality or the way you think so one of 
you know, one of my one of my greatest frustrations, for instance, I'm, I'm just going to mention Overwatch here for a second, is that improving an Overwatch at a certain point is miserable because you hit a skill ceiling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Same so, with a lot of Rocket League players. Well, I think Rocket League is unique in the fact that while, yes, you hit a skill ceiling, there's still so much you could practice, or you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like I think, so sorry, so specifically in, in Overwatch, I was playing tank, right? I was playing like Reinhardt. It's like after a certain point, it's like, you know, <laughs> there's only so much. You yeah, can there's do. only so much you can learn. And you do. just kind of put your shield up and you throw your fire strike at the right time or the wrong time. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it, it was frustrating because I like I hit master's rank in that game. And then it was like, I don't I actually don't know how to keep ranking up from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but in Rocket League, it's like a weird thing because even when I hit a wall, I think there's something where it's like, no, if I just go into free play for an hour every day for the next two weeks, I'll probably continue to rank up. Like, yeah. like there is something nice about the fact you can continue to rank up. Um, but it's not like, a, okay, let me think about it completely differently because I don't think that's always helpful in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny when you talk about like walls and ceilings that players hit because for the past year, I feel I felt like I've hit a ceiling mm-hmm. even though everyone's told me that I've gotten better at the game. I think a lot mm. of the ceilings that players think they hit are like a complete mental game because as you get better at a game, right, you're the amount you improve like say Mm -hmm. each month slowly like flattens out right it's not like exponential um so i think it's harder to notice when you improve and and how you improve and i think for like a lot of players when they say they hit a ceiling they haven't really hit that ceiling um they don't realize that they're getting better they don't realize that the rotations are getting better that you know they hit the ball more solidly uh i actually some some players, I think they actually hit a ceiling, but for a lot of players, I think ceilings is like just a myth, honestly. I think it's a myth. It's a mentality. And it's also like a time time sink, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think more than anything, it's like, I think when it comes to mentality, some people are it's like, well, are you practicing at all? Like when I mean practicing, it's like, because it, here's the truth, right? Every time that I spend like a week or two where I'm playing, you know, three hours a day, I always like am playing better and winning more games, you know, like, like it's never not the case. Right. Um, but then you're like, Oh, I feel like I've hit a slump. It's like, you've played the game like once a week for the last month and (laughs) and you're in the top, like, like think about it, right. You're in the top 5% of the people that play this game. Yeah. And you played it once like one, one day out of like the seven days that you have in the week and you're the top 5% and you expect to, 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 to stay at par with the same people who are literally probably practicing every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really practice, honestly. Like, that's something. Sorry. <laughs> when, when you say you don't practice, you say time in, though. Because I think you put time in. I, don't, I put like, time in, but I don't practice. Like, but I don't I th- intentionally practice. Put it that way. But I think that's fine. Because I think time in is more important, especially your rank, than the practice anyway. Yeah. Well, not to say that practice is bad, but I'm saying if you if you practiced five hours in the full week and you and you or you just played the game for 20 hours. I think the long course playing the game more is just going to be better. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it, like 
I'll go on like free play because I get really bored. Even if I don't play ranked, I'll go on free play for 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes every day. And I guess that's considered practice, just like like keeping your skills at that level. But I think I'm, that has helped you more than you realize. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. You I know think if one you didn't way I, do that. <laughs> yeah. You know what's one way I get really hyped for games? Is know. when I'm not playing well and I notice it in free play, I always picture I'm going against up like energy. That's a recommendation for any player. Think about like your next ranked game. You're going to get like a, a whole team of pros on the other team and you have to play well. Just saying. I, I, I always play up to the competition. Is... <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I will say there is like a funny mentality of like, you know, people have a hard time playing against competition that's worse than them sometimes, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it can be really like you see this in pro play games all the time where like, wow, this is a big upset. It's because one team, it's not that they didn't, un, it's not that they underestimated that team. It's that they kind of like didn't focus as much. Yeah, I have a good story for you, actually. Continue. Um, But I think there is a part of me sometimes when I am in a lower office be like, yo, let me just show you what's up. You know, <laughs> that's the mentality you need. Okay, you go. What, what's your okay, story? so me and my friend signed up for RLCS. And uh, it was a day one of the qualifier. And, okay. you know, we won our first game. Easy peasy. We set up the we set up this team the day before we had okay. we actually did not play together a single time. So we won our first match. And above us, it was the first seed who qualified for RLCS, by the way, through losers bracket versus the 256th, 56th, 56th yeah. seed. And they lost two to one and this is a team it was team volt volted i think that lost and like this is a team that has like a manager uh a twitter <laughs> with like three thousand followers jerseys that all the players have and they lost to the last seed in the rlcs quals and we realized we're like oh yes we're gonna make it to day two through winners we're gonna go three and oh so we won our second game and then we played the team that beat team volted and we looked at the roster and we said they're easy they're so easy and we lost we lost they were not a good team either they just passed and we underestimated them completely and they were a meme on twitter for about a couple days but yeah talking about underestimating your opponents and playing down to them that is a prime example of that yeah yeah for sure i i love how like you the thing that happened to the team before you like you know what i mean like you played that top team seed team right yeah and you beat them and then like the reverse literally happened two seconds ago because of mentality <laughs> yeah seriously um okay i think i think that that, that i think that's a good good point to uh kind of end off our show on yeah i'd say um, so yeah, I'd say so. I say so, man. How how are you? Uh, how are you feeling? How's the first podcast, dude? Wow, you know what? This was such an experience. Um, talking with you for an hour like this, I don't want to leave. Uh, I, I'm tired though, so <laughs> <laughs> I know. Any, I'll, I'll for, let you go. No, 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 no. For anyone who doesn't know, right? Like, I literally, uh, I'm, I'm currently online teaching, so. I, I've already been on Zoom talking for four hours today. <laughs> oh, and now you have to deal with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 just the same action. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, all right, we're just uh, this will be the weekly show. I'm gonna surprise you by the way. So this is actually gonna drop Tuesday. Um, okay. So so I'm, I'm gonna give it give it some time. Maybe give Wabbits a week off. Uh, you know, 
He can be lazy. He doesn't um, need time off. That's true. But he's already too lazy as it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd like to maybe end the show by thanking all our patrons. So uh, special shout outs uh, to the Roll Call tier patrons. Cursor, JYs, Paint, Raz, Psych, Mop, Go, Tim, Barker, Vance. Thank all of you for supporting us. Um, we hope you are continuing the content or liking the content liking to uh, whatever yeah uh, whatever i hope works. i hope all of you are doing well um and uh i hope you liked some of this i guess higher level talk i think next time that i have crunch on because there will be a next time right will whether there? it's in a month or a year or, or uh two years day, when i, I go know. pro uh yeah two years oh 100 percent, dude if, <laughs> if you get a contract we're we're interviewing you yes. um but um it could be a contract for 10 bucks a week. Okay. I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, whatever is the case, uh, I think there's still a lot of things I'd like to talk about, about specifically maybe when you make this team about uh, what's it like organizing the team and like mm-hmm. comms. We didn't talk about comms as much as I'd like. Yeah. Um, that might be a nice, that I think that could be a whole thing in itself. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think people don't understand them. People have like an idea, but I don't think anyone really understands uh, what no how players calm or what's good co- like good way to calm and stuff. You can you can maybe give some of your insights on that yeah, next for time sure. you're on the show. Um, yeah, I hope all of you have a wonderful week, and we will see you uh, next time. Next time, bye bye bye.